Let's go to those scriptures that we've been looking at, and uh, we've been looking over there in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. What we've been talking about since the beginning of the year has been, and I know some of you think that we're off the subject, but we're not. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, boy, I can't find Isaiah in this. <laughs> I can't even find Isaiah in an electric Bible. Uh, they're listed here. There it is. Um, Isaiah... Uh, Y'all pray for me. Uh, Isaiah 55, um, start with verse, uh, looks like verse, uh, oh, six, verse six, is it? Yes, verse six. <clears throat> what we've been talking about since the beginning of the year is supernatural increase. Say supernatural increase. Supernatural. Say this with me. Say supernatural increase, supernatural increase. is headed my way. Now, listen, let, for, for those of you that say, before I say that, tell me what supernatural increase is, because I don't know what, I don't know if I want to say that. So, supernatural increase is, well, it's increase that comes supernaturally, you know? In other words, you know, there are, there are ways that we have just in the natural of increasing in every way. Now, supernatural increase, what we're talking about uh, when it comes to supernatural increase in the area of our finances. And so we've been believing God. Now, if you've, before you get nervous and you, you, you pucker all up and rip our seats up, <clears throat> um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been preaching on supernatural increase, but said very little about, have said very little about money. Because supernatural increase really, it will reflect in your finances, and it's certainly a way for you to prosper and to, to grow in your fine, but that's not all it's about. In fact, it's really about the glory of God. If you, if you want to prosper in every area of your life, then open your heart and open your life for the glory of God to be manifested in you. What, so let me say, tell you what the glory is. The glory is the full measure, the full expression of God manifested the full expression of God put on display. So when the Bible talks about glory, some people, when they saw the glory of God, they saw a cloud. Well, that is a manifestation of the glory. Um, that is a manifestation of God in his full expression. In other words, uh, let, me, let me explain it this way. Uh, here in Oklahoma this year, it's been windy. Can anybody agree with me? Listen, that's, this is the only time I thank God I'm bald in Oklahoma because... <laughs> <clears throat> when I had when I had that curly fluffy hair and it was windy, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'd be looking like Don King everywhere I went. But anyway, so the wind, you know, we can't see. How many of you know the wind is invisible? But here in Oklahoma, when it's windy, we're like, man, look at that wind. Well, you're not looking at wind. You're looking at a manifestation of the wind. You're looking at the result of the wind's presence. So the manifestation of the wind is we wind, uh, leaves blowing and dirt blowing and flags flapping and cars, you know, uh, uh, all of a sudden we allow ourselves to get out of our lane in somebody else's lane as we're blown from one lane uh, to another. That's a manifestation of the wind. So the wind is invisible. The wind, the manifestation or what is displayed as a result of the presence of wind is, you know what it is. It's flags blowing, leaves blowing. Same with the glory of God. We think that the glory of God is a cloud or a pillar of fire. 
or something like that. That's not the glory of God. That is a manifestation of the glory. So when God is in full expression, there will be some sort of manifestation, whether it be a cloud or a, a pillar of fire or, you know, what, whatever, whatever it might be, a supernatural increase. When God, when God is, is expressing himself in his fullness, it will, it will bring about transformation. It'll bring change. And so that's really when we're talking about supernatural increase, we're talking about facilitating in every area of our life the full expression of God manifested in us, him expressing himself fully in us and through us in every area of our life. Um, you will find that if you'll allow the glory of God to be manifested in every area of your life, ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, this makes me want to shout. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, glory. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm doing a search here. Uh, don't mind me. <clears throat> there's, a, uh, there's a verse of scripture in the book of Revelation. Uh, It's uh, Revelation chapter something, verse something. <laughs> uh, Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. <laughs> oh, this is so stinking good. I'm, I'm going the wrong way in here. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> Revelation chapter 5. And we'll... We'll read uh, from, uh, if I can get the right chapter here, verse uh, 12. Look what it says here. It says, it says, well, you know, and instead of that, let's say that verse 11. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's a lot. No, they should have just said a bunch. <laughs> and here's what they were saying. Verse 12, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Amen. Who's that talking about? Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive, and look what it says, power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Glory to God. Amen. So he was slain for what purpose? So we could receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. See, that ought, to, that ought to be what we're claiming. But see, all those things come as a result of glory, the manifestation of his glory, the fullness of his glory. So, um, so when we're talking about supernatural increase, that's why sometimes I can be up here talking about it. And when I'm talking about it, you don't hear me say nothing about money. But remember, all these things, all these things we've got to fit into our lives and work 
allow them to work into the place where they belong in us so that these things can be manifested for us and through us. Amen. So now go over back over there to Isaiah. Let's read that scripture and then we'll get started. I was just kind of, um, I, haven't, I haven't really started yet. I was just kind of uh, uh, meddling. But Isaiah chapter 55, we'll start with verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And notice, notice it says, uh, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Now say this with me. Say, let the wicked forsake his way. In other words, wicked, uh, the wicked should turn away from their ways. Now that's not talking to you unless you're wicked. Now, let's, let's define who the wicked are, because some of you are like, I am wicked. Pastor Ziggy, I'm wicked. You don't know what I did last night. I am wicked. You, know, you, know, you don't know what happened on Friday. I am super wicked. <laughs> so let's define who, wicked, the, who the wicked are. So the wicked are those that are without Christ. Those that are without Christ. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and Jesus lives on the inside of you, if you have accepted him, then you are no longer wicked. Amen. You say, yeah, but I still, do, I still do crazy stuff. Wickedness has nothing to do with what you're doing. Wickedness has to do, here's what wickedness has to do with, either your acceptance or your rejection of Christ. If you've accepted him, here's what the Bible says. Uh, Inez, oh, listen to her. I was just about to say something to Jess too. I'm not going to pester you, Jess. You, just, you, you do what you got to do with that baby. Amen. But there's a scripture in the New Testament that says this. It says, glory to God. It says that uh, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now listen, some of us have got to get away from sin consciousness. Now listen, I know y'all I, I know y'all act crazy sometimes. I, I act crazy sometimes. I know some of y'all get into mischief. You know how I know? Because I get phone calls later. You understand? I mean, I get people calling, Pastor Sig, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we, we, all, we all end up getting into mischief. And I, I'm not excusing that. I'm not saying, listen, it's okay for you to be a part of mischief. It's okay for you to be a part of all kind of nonsense. You know, the Bible tells us that we should uh, walk worthy of the calling that we have been called to. To walk worthy of the... In other words, we ought to be making an effort to live holy lives. But you know what? I found out that ain't easy. Anybody else? I found out it is not easy. It is not easy to be holy uh, in, the, in the strength and in the power of our own might. But see, some of us, what, what, what has happened is, is that because we've, rel we've relied on the strength of our own might, listen, you're, you've never been able... You've never been able to will yourself into doing much of anything right. About the only thing we've done good is run off into mischief and, and into foolishness and into things that we know aren't pleasing to the Lord. But when it comes to willing ourselves into doing the, the will of the Lord, that's, that's nearly 
most of the time nearly impossible for us to do in the strength of our now there are some people have more willpower than others that i think do better than other people but still you know that's 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 where religion comes from religion is when men try in the strength of their own might to do something that it's only possible to do through the strength and the might of god are y'all hearing me today? So when some people say, oh, you're religious. Well, I hope not because, because I, you know, religion is when you try to do something outside of the realm of faith. When you try to do something outside of the realm of faith. Y'all, did y'all understand what I just said? Yeah. Amen. In other words, the minute you step out of the, uh, out of faith, for example, some of you believe you're wicked and the reason why you believe you're wicked is because you're religious. Because what you've been trying to do, you've been trying to do in the strength and in the power of your might. You've been trying to live good for God and live good for... In fact, some of you believe that the way that you make it to heaven is if you'll do enough good and if you'll just just do good enough and, and your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, that somehow or another God will open up his arms to you in the last days and say, well, you did good most of the time and because you did good most of the time, come on in. See, that's religion. That's religious. Oh. Come on now. You know what? It's you know what? You know what else is religious? Religious, and I see I started I started this thing out by what we read. The wicked forsake his way. See, some of you related to that. Some of you are like, that's me. I'm wicked and I need to forsake my ways. Do you know why? Because you're religious. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you've got to depart from sin consciousness and you've got to begin to identify with who you are in Christ Jesus. Are y'all hearing me? Because you know what? You're not the same person you were before you got saved. You're a different, now you say, but pastor, if I'm so different, why do I keep doing the same stupid stuff? Well, because you became different in your spirit. The Bible says this, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away and all things became new. So I I don't know about y'all, but when I got born again, I was a teenager, I was 16 years old. When I got born again at 16, well, 15 and a half, when I got born again at 15 and a half, I weighed 186 pounds wet (laughs) with all my clothes on wet. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I was skinny. I know that's hard to believe, <laughs> and I had lots of her. I had a lot of her, a uh, her. <laughs> Carolyn, Carolyn said she'd get me some more hair. Anyway, from India, <laughs> and at this point, it could be straight, curly. It can be any way I want it because I've, I've already lost so much. <laughs> but anyway, 185 pounds wet, and um, so when I got born again. Uh, I, I, I told you all the story. I went to church. Uh, I, w- I was in my spiked wristbands, my leather jacket, my tight breeches. I had my, I had my uh, bloody kiss t-shirt on where Gene Simmons had spit blood all over it. And, and I was there at church. I was a heavy, lead singer in a heavy metal band. I mean, that was the, that was the whole deal. I just, I just punched my second hour teacher that day, got kicked out of school, uh, went to my friend's house, got high. My grandparents found me at my friend's house supernaturally. I'm sitting there in a, in a Mennonite church filled with the Holy Ghost. In a Mennonite church. And that night, the Spirit of God came upon me. I got a revelation that night that I was wicked. 
that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. I knew, I knew sitting in that church as a wicked person, I needed to forsake my way. I needed to turn away from what I had been and turn to him and depend on him. So that night, I walked the aisle. I went to the front of that church, and I prayed <laughs> the goofiest prayer you have ever heard in your entire life. I mean, I am cussing in my prayer, you understand? Because that was my language back then. My language, I, I, I cussed a lot. Every other word out of my mouth was a cuss word. So I'm cussing, you know, I'm like, man, God, you don't know what the blank, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm going on. And thank God, thank God, <laughs> while we were yet sinners, he died for us and he loved us because he took and he looked beyond all of my faults and he saw my need. Amen. And that night I was pierced with conviction and I knew I needed to surrender my heart to the Lordship of Jesus. So that night I got born again. You say, how did that happen? Well, uh, I confessed with my mouth. The Lord, Romans tells us if we're going to be saved, number one, we have to confess with our mouth. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I, I prayed what people call a sinner's prayer. I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. Now, I didn't do this out of my head. I did this out of what was happening in my spirit. I had gotten, that night I had gotten a supernatural revelation that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Before your faith can work, you have to first have a revelation. God's Word has to come alive to you. All of a sudden, you have to know that God is saying something to you. His, and that's, that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about revelation. God's thoughts toward you revealed. That's what a revelation is. When all of a sudden God shows you what his thoughts are toward you, that's a revelation. When you got born again, his thoughts toward you were, you are a sinner in need of a savior. That was his thoughts toward you. Um, are are y'all following me? Yeah. All right. I, I almost want to stop and say any questions, but anyway, I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> It's, impor it's important that you hear this. Listen, listen, look at me for a second, folks. It's important that you hear what I'm telling you right now because some of you are in the greatest battle of your life. You're not in a battle, you're not in a battle of your life against, now it's not against COVID. It never, and honestly, I'll be honest with you, it never was against COVID. It never was against COVID. In, in, in fact, there was never really that great of a threat when it came to COVID. You're, that's not the, that's not the, the battle that most of you are in. The fight that you're in is a fight against religion because religion will keep you from inheriting the promises of God. Religion will keep you from walking in the fullness of God's blessing and living your best life, the life that God intended for you to live. Does God really have a best life for you? Yes, he does. God, God, has, God has better for you than what you have for yourself. And the very thing that's keeping some of you from doing it is that you're trying to mix religion with your faith. And you can't mix religion with but Religion and faith don't go together. You have to live by faith. The Bible says that the just, that the righteous shall live by faith. Not by rules. Not by fables. Not by, not by religious superstitions. But by faith. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Well, the only way we can exercise faith is if we have, uh, if we understand what God's thoughts are toward us, if we understand and have a revelation of his word. And when we got born again, that's what happened to us. All of a sudden, we were oblivious to the fact that we were sinners in need of a savior until the spirit of God came upon us. And when the spirit of God came upon us and he manifested himself to us, we became aware of the fact that we were empty, that there was something that we needed that we didn't have. And we knew that his name was Jesus. When we acted on that revelation, which I did that night, when I acted on that revelation and I accepted what he was saying to me that I needed him, when I accepted him, my life was transformed. And I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about drug addiction was broken in a moment. In a, I mean, I, I didn't go through withdrawals. I didn't go through a 12-step program. I didn't go through anything like that. In a moment, I was changed. I was I knew good. Now, listen, I had gone. My brother had gone through rehab. He had gone through a 12-step program. Uh, he had gone through that whole thing. I went to Al-Anon, Alateen, Al whatever, uh, Alicarte. Uh, <laughs> Alamode, <laughs> AA, you know, whatever. I've been, I've been, I've been to all of it. I had sat there and I had said, my name is Ziggy. I am an alcoholic. I am a drug addict. Um, my brother sat there. My name is Candy. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'd heard everybody say that. But you know, that night when I accepted Christ as myself, I, for some, now I don't know why. I don't know if it was by revelation, but I, I knew this. I knew that I just wasn't a fixed version of what I was. I knew that. I wasn't Ziggy and still an alcoholic. Something had changed. I knew I was Ziggy, but I wasn't a drug addict no more. Now, I know what the 12-step program said, but this wasn't 12 steps. It was one. Something had changed. Something had transpired in my life. Amen. Now, I know some of you are like, Brother Ziggy, why are you, why are you going through all this again? Because some of us keep going back to religion. Obviously, we don't have enough of a revelation about who we are in Christ to be able to get past some of this. Some of us are still too sin. See, some of you came in here and you worshiped God. And when you were in worship today, you worshiped according to how you felt about how you performed this week. And because some of you felt like you didn't perform well in your Christian duties this week, then you didn't have access Your access to the presence of God had been revoked. That somehow or another, you had to go through the, and some of you, all you did, all you did throughout worship was, forgive me, God, I'm so, I'm so miserable. Oh, Jesus, Lord, if you'll forgive me, I need a touch today. You don't, I'm up, you probably ain't even going to because I'm so terrible. And God, I understand, if you don't want to show up, God, I understand. I wouldn't show up either, Lord. Oh, miserable wretch that I am. Hello? <laughs> I, I know, I know some of you like, dang, he's pegging, he's pegging us. Wow. <laughs> He hit the nail on the head today, boy. <laughs> it's true. Because that's, that's the wrestling match that, that men go through. Men go through that struggle. They go through that difficulty of 
you know, of, of thinking, and because we're raised that way. Gaby, if you'll be a good girl, we'll get you that swing set. <laughs> Isn't that the way we're brought up? Well, you can have some cookies as long as you clean your room. Right? See, that's, that's the way men do things. Men, we're performance-based, but that's not God. Do you know that whole performance-based thing has to do with sinful nature? Ooh. That whole performance-based thing is based, that one based on God's word. That one based on God's way. That one based on God's thinking. That was based on wicked. Why do you think the Bible says that the unrighteous man uh, needs to forsake his ways? That, that's, why, that's why you can't carry your ways into church because that, that becomes religion. And that's why some of you are at this church because the last church you was at, you didn't perform good enough. Well, 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 well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm Hispanic. I came out of a Spanish church. They do their best to make you feel terrible. They do, boy, they're sending you to hell for everything. You chew gum, you're going to hell. You wear, Annie wearing, wearing, wearing jeans to church on a Sunday morning, you're going to hell. You wear makeup, you're going to hell. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you couldn't do nothing. If, listen, if they thought you was having fun, you're going to hell. If it was fun, you was going to hell. You had to, you had to look miserable. You understand? You had to look miserable. <laughs> but when I, got, when I got born again, I knew something had, something had happened. How many of you know that when you accepted Christ, something happened on the inside of you? Do you know what? What happened in you wasn't natural. What happened in you wasn't logical. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Faith isn't logical. Faith isn't natural. What God does in us isn't logical. It isn't natural. It isn't something. Listen, you can psychoanalyze it, but it won't make sense. In fact, most of you, if you tried to explain to someone who was in the, uh, <laughs> the field of psychology or, you know, that, they're going to they're gonna have you thrown into a padded cell. If you go to trying to explain to them what happened to you, spiritually speaking, because it doesn't lend itself toward reason. It's unreasonable to believe that God could take a man, take a woman who was bound with addiction, who was perverse in their thoughts and in their life, and transform them in a moment of time and then become new. But that's what the Bible says. You are not an improved version of your old self. When you got born again, you became a new creature. That's why it says, that's why the Bible calls it being born again. Because you're brand new. Now, I know some of you say, yeah, but I got born again a long time ago and I jacked it up a lot since then. Yeah, in the natural you did. 
But look what the, well, look what the word says. Now let's let's go look at that verse of scripture. Um, can you pull that scripture up, Jessica? Do a search and pull the scripture up that talks about um, that we're the righteousness of God in Him. She gonna bring that up here, right here. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter five. Can Don? Could you grab me a couple of of uh, paper towels from the? What verse, Tyler? 21, 521. <laughs> what does it say before that? Is it like really good? Go to the, how many, how many verses up do I have to go? Go, go back one more verse. Uh, thank you, Don. Go back one more verse. <laughs> uh, verse 20. Uh, to wit. Uh, <laughs> to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So in Christ, God, look what it says. That, can we can, put that in the English Standard Version? Can you do that? Are you all still with me? Yeah. I, know that, I know it seems like I'm shooting from the hip here. I'm not. I've really prepared this. <laughs> Just not recently. But anyway... So verse 19 says, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. So in Christ, when God sent Jesus, here's what he was doing through Jesus. We were, we were broke up with God because of Adam's sin. And through Christ, God was, it was like a peaches and herbs song. Reunited and it feels so good. Anybody remember that song? I may be dating myself here, but anyway, reunited because it, Dennis don't even look how he knows the song, and he's black. Come on, Dennis, you know the song. You know your mama played that song. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> Peaches and Herb, what a name. Anyway, and I'm looking at Dennis, Dennis like, why are you looking at me for? <laughs> so, we were, God in Christ was reconciling, reuniting us with him. That's, that's the whole reason why he said, listen, God doesn't hate you. God is not against you. You have got to get it out of your, listen, church, if you, you're a part of this church, you got to get that out of your head. God is not against you. He is not fighting against you. He is not trying. You know, some people think, well, God's just trying to teach me a lesson. That's why I'm going through. No. The devil's trying to kill you. God sent his only son to die on a cross so that you could be reconciled unto him. Not, look what it says, not counting their trespasses against them. Oh, come on now. So when you come to Christ, now when, how long ago did Jesus die? Do you know? What year is this? 2020. So 2022 what? A.D., right? What does that mean? After the death of Christ. 
Anything before this was B.C. or before Christ. So 2,000 years ago, Christ died, and according to this scripture, God stopped counting your trespasses against you. In other words, you were forgiven. 2,000 2000 years ago. Now listen, before you accepted Christ, you were forgiven. You just hadn't accepted it yet. So you weren't even, you didn't even get forgiven when you prayed a sinner's prayer. You were forgiven 2,000 years ago. You were transformed when you accepted the truth. When you got a revelation, it was transformational, which is what we've been talking about. Now, now let, me, let me tell you this, Dennis. Not only <laughs> did he forgive you of the sins you had committed up to the point in time when you accepted his forgiveness. Get ready. Get ready to have your mind blown. Because not only did he forgive you of the sins that you had committed up to that point, but he forgave you of every sin that you would ever commit. So guess what? God is not in heaven with a clicker counting all of your sins. (laughs) He looks and he sees you as forgiven. Look what it says. Not counting the trespasses against him and entrusting to us. So not only did he reconcile us, Eric, but now he's entrusted us with the message. What message? The message of fear? The message of condemnation? The message of going... No, the message and the ministry of reconciliation. We're supposed to be telling this all the time. Do you want to know why? Because if you don't, then that old way of thinking that you've carried around will try to take the wheelhouse of your life and cause you to walk in religion instead of walking in relationship. You'll live a life where you're more sin conscious than you are conscious of what was done by Christ 2,000 years ago on that cross for your sins. Do you know what? Every time you make a mistake, your thoughts shouldn't be, well, now I blew it. Back to square one. (laughs) That shouldn't be where your thoughts go. You know where your thoughts should go? Your thoughts should go to a man that was beat to pieces, hanging on a cross having suffered (laughs) next verse verse 20 therefore we are ambassadors for Christ God making his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled you know that's what I'm doing right now Believe the Bible. Believe what it says. You don't have to go around thinking that you're a miserable old wretch. You know, back in the day, I don't know who wrote it. It's a great song, but I don't know who wrote it. But when he wrote Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You know what? I could sing that one time and it'd be true before I got saved. But the minute I got saved, I couldn't throw that wretch in there no more. 
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a righteous. But see, I had, something had to change. Something had to change. That, that's why we're careful about how we sing songs here at Winter's Church. Some, some of y'all notice we change up the words to songs here. That's because I don't want to say nothing that's stupid. I don't want, I don't want, to, say, I don't want to say anything that, that train. See, <laughs> what we say affects our spirit. What, the way we talk affects our spirit. And we confuse our spirit when we say stuff that contradicts the word of God. Next verse. What it says. For our sake, <laughs> this is so stinking good. For our sake, he made himself to be sin who knew no sin. Talking about Jesus. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, once we came to Jesus, we became the righteousness of God. What does righteous mean? In right standing with God. So guess what? Your right standing with God isn't dependent upon your performance. It's dependent upon your revelation. If you don't get a revelation of your righteousness, you're going to live defeated. You're going to, you're going to go to church out of duty and out of obligation and not out of a joyful fellowship and relationship with the Lord. It's going to be difficult. You're not going to make it. You're, listen, you're not going to make it that way. You're not going, you, you won't. You know why? Because something will come up to challenge your religion. Some, some family events, some graduation, some birthday party, day at the lake, barbecue, a job. <laughs> she think I'm preaching to her. I am in the name of Jesus. No. <laughs> so we've got to become less sin conscious and we've got to become more conscious or aware of our righteousness. Because, because when we do, we will live according to righteousness and not according to sin consciousness. Amen. Did that help? Does that help anybody? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I know some of you right now, your head is swimming and you're like, I think I got it, but I'm not sure I got it. That's okay. Just let it marinate. Let it marinate because uh, we got to get that. All right, go back to Isaiah. So let's get back to this. this uh, so I'm, I'm trying to break this down to the place where everyone can, can get this. So seek the Lord while he may be found. Let the wicked forsake his way. So this is why you forsake your ways after you get reconciled to God. So now, really, even with your children, you have to be careful in, in all areas of life that you don't get caught back into that performance-based 
reward, return, uh, that you're, uh, if I go to church enough, then God will bless me. If I go to church enough, then it'll fix my life. If I read my Bible enough, then, now listen, Bible reading and church attendance will help you immensely. Just because uh, you'll hang out with people that are of like precious faith and like-minded, and it'll help to change your mind. It'll help you to walk in a deeper level with God. I mean, it beats, it beats hanging out with people at the bar. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. It really does. It's hanging out with crackheads. Now listen, let's win the crackheads. But you know what? Don't, don't go sit in the crack house, twiddle your thumbs, say, what do you fellas think? You know, I was thinking about the Lord. What do you think? Don't Listen, don't get your religion at the bar. Definitely don't go asking people what they think on Facebook. Do you really want to get what? <laughs> if you want to get the most watered down version of how you ought to be a Christian, get on social media and go to asking people on there. They will give you the most generic, most watered down. Listen, I'm telling you, everybody and their grandmother will come out of the word work uh, to, to, to assure you that you don't have to do anything different. There are people that I've seen that have been members of this church that didn't really necessarily care for um, some of the ways that I'm, I preach. Because even though I'm preaching to people that um, we don't we don't want to be performance based. For some reason, that that still becomes hard for them to come to this church because it's like ugh, they want to be religious. <laughs> because being religious is easier. Saying ten Hail Marys and praying the Rosary and I mean, to clean your house, get you a gallon jug of holy water and toss it on your kids and. Slip it in their food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Put up some crucifixes, burn some candles. There's, there's, something, there's something about that that is appealing to man. <laughs> but when you start talking about a relationship, I think that's why it's difficult for people because all of a sudden they realize that God loves them and he's not against them, that he's for them. It's like a man who cheats on a woman who's devoted and faithful and loyal and committed and ain't going nowhere and provides and feeds and loves and all this and he's still unfaithful. Eventually he lashes out at that woman even though she's the good one. Starts blaming her for his misconduct. Same thing we do to God. God didn't do anything but love you. Make provision for you. He hadn't kicked you out of his house. Nah, you took your inheritance and you squandered it on whores and, 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 and steaks and, and you just lived just like that prodigal son. Are y'all hearing me? We, that's what we did. That's what we did. But guess what? The, you ever read the story of the prodigal son? The father's thoughts never changed toward that son. In fact, the Bible says when he finally came to himself while he's eating the husks that the pigs were eating, that he was feeding, working for his father's friends. When he came to himself, thank God he came to himself. But when he came to himself, he says, man, even the servants in my father's house have it better than this. I'm going to go back to my father's house and just ask him if I can be a slave. 
The dude rolled up to the house. All he did was roll up to the house. Say he rolled up to the house. house. Now see, someone's going to accuse me of beating my wife. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He rolled up to the, when he rolled up to the house, what the Bible says, the father saw him. Can you imagine? He he hadn't even he hadn't even fallen on the mercy of his father yet, and his father was already saying, "Hey, hey, you all look!" And the Bible says that the father runs to meet the son. And there's no t- listen. The father ain't like, "Well, you have to prove yourself." That's, that's, that's not God. Listen, none of that foolishness is God. All that foolishness we pull on one another, that's nothing but religion. That's nothing but our sinful nature working. Amen. And don't get me wrong, church. I'm same as y'all. There are people that done me wrong that come back and say, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I, I love you. I'm like, mm-hmm. Prove it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you want to you want to get over there. You want to get over there in that. You want to get over there in that in that realm. <laughs> That's not what that father, he said. He said, the Bible says that he took his ring and he put it on his son's finger. And the Bible says he 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 got the best robe. Listen, he didn't, he didn't go to the goodwill. Right. <laughs> you know, you got to work your way up. <laughs> oh, man, he, he pulled him into Mr. Ooley's. Put the best robe on him. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, we're going to have a party. <laughs> Kill that big old fat calf. We're about to have a barbecue. Amen. That was, the, that was the thoughts of the father. You know, do you know who it was that was, that was plugged up about it? So they had their drawers in a bunch. The brother. The brother. Now, see, the brother who had never left the house. See, that's, that's why there's that struggle in church. Because you got the brother's. And listen, that brother, and that, that story's about two brothers. One, one is the one who ran off, spent his whole inheritance, squandered it, the Bible says, on riotous living. Not righteous, riotous. And then this other brother who was faithful, who cleaned up after himself, who fixed his bed every morning, who, who came in and kissed his daddy and said, hey, dad, how's it going? I'm about to go out and do my chores. Wasn't that? He did everything that was required of him. No one had to ask him. No one had to pester him. And then when his brother comes home and is treated like a, like a brother, like a son, like a family member, he gets his drawers in a bunch. Wait a minute, see, even the baby knows I'm saying the truth. <laughs> the, the, and that brother says, 
Wait a minute. What about me? See, that, that guy's plugged up with religion. He was thinking that because he'd been at the house, that somehow or another it was better. He was a, that made him a better son? Man, I am preaching. Somehow or another, he was more, uh, <laughs> see you later, buddy. Get him cleaned up. <laughs> that somehow or another, He's a better son? I'm sorry, yeah, that's locked. You'll have to unlock it if you want to go out that way. Just turn it there. Oh, no, it's got it. No, it's a key. You'll have to go to. All right, Don, thank you, Don. Don to the rescue. Super Don. Listen, Brother Don, he's on it. That brother there, he's on it. Amen. Thank you, Don. <clears throat> You got to get this idea out of your head that your pastor walks in a greater measure of blessing because I live better than you live. Because I pray better than you pray. Do you, know, do you know what causes some to live in a greater measure of the blessing than others? It's their, it's their willingness and their ability to depart from religious thinking and to, the people. If you will live by faith, if you will live by faith in the word of God. And there's, there's, a, there's a way to do it. You do have to change your environment. If you want to live by faith better, you got to cut the porn off. You got to start loving your wife as Christ loved the church. I mean, that's, gonna, that's going to, uh, see right away, you're like, well, here we are back to performance. No, no, I'm, <laughs> It's, it's those things, it's those things that mess with our minds. It, it don't, it doesn't mess with how God sees us. When God sees you coming around the corner from the porn shop, he's glad you're home. Welcome home. Now the brothers on the other hand, <laughs> they may not be so happy to see you. And you're not, going to, you're not going to feel like a son. You're not going to feel like you're welcome in the father's house after that, just like that prodigal. You're not going to feel. See, so all of that stuff, all that, that stuff of, of, of uh, loving your wife, of all these things that I'm talking about, all these things are going to have an impact on what you have to wade through to get to the place where you walk in the fullness of God's blessing. That's why you can't be concentrating on that. I don't care how bad you are. I don't care how terrible you live. If you will magnify the Lord, if you will magnify him, there are going to be, listen, there are going to be times you're not going to want to come up in here and face all of us for what you have done in your life. Some on some week or some day, you're gonna you're gonna be like, oh. the devil's gonna tell you why you at home when you, when the alarm woke you up on Sunday morning, and you still have a little buzz from last night. You know what your mind's gonna tell you? Man, don't do it. Don't even go. Cherie's gonna be there. You know, <laughs> Cherie. 
Then pastor going to get up there and be talking about. <laughs> and you know he's always in your business. I don't know how he knows, but he knows. <laughs> he knows somebody been talking to him. I know somebody has been talking to him. In your mind. <laughs> somebody, somebody relates to that. I can hear him laughing. <laughs> your mind's going to be telling you what that old boy's mind told him when he's there with the pigs. How humiliating he, it must have been. How, 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 how humiliating it must have felt to go to his father after squandering his inheritance. But the father's still overjoyed at the return of the son. And guess what? Every time. God will, God will take you back every time. Every time you feel like you've departed from, God will take you back every time. So here's the thing. Just quit leaving. Just quit leaving. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor Zeke? Well, understand. Understand that when you do stupid stuff, God, God doesn't kick you out the house. I don't know if you realize this or not, but no matter where you are, he's in you. At the bar, he's in you. In the crack house, he's in you. At the whorehouse, he's in you. At the club, he's in you. He's in you. You drag Jesus to the club. He's there. He's like, oh, no, don't. No, he's, he, he left me. No, he didn't leave you. He's right there. David said it. David said, even if I make my bed in hell, you're there. He's with you. He loves you. I know, I know you'd like to think that he's not, but he is. And guess what? He doesn't start marking your name. He don't start trying to. Some of y'all think that the page that your name was written on in the Lamb's Book of Life, that there's a hole worn in it from the times it got erased and wrote back in and then erased and wrote back in. That's not how it is. Your name was written in the book of life and it stayed there because he loves you. Because he loves you. So you, you got to break out of this uh, uh, sin consciousness. Okay, you're going you're gonna to make mistakes. So how do you overcome? You want me to tell you how you overcome sin? You overcome evil by doing good. That's what the Bible says. If you want to overcome sin... Listen, if you lust after women, if you lust after women, every woman that you look at her backside when she walks by you, the minute right after you look at her backside, shout, hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to tell you straightway, you're going to quit doing that. <laughs> the devil's going to quit messing with I'm telling you the truth. Devil's going to quit messing with you. Hey, you click on, you click on a porn site, you watch a video, leave a comment. Thank you, Jesus. I sure love you, Lord. I'm so glad you saved me. Listen, y'all think I'm crazy. I will, I'm telling you straight up, it'll change. Listen, you go, you buy, you, you buy some kind of pills or some kind of something. So you, you, you scorn some kind of weed or something from somebody, some dealer. At the end of it, be like, hey, listen, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Listen, I thank God for you. You know, Jesus is with you. Listen, for, number one, they're going to be tripping out. Number two, the devil's going to quit messing with you. 
You've got to, you've got to maintain your righteousness, even in the midst of your difficulty. It's and listen, it's you say, Pastor, you make it sound so easy. Well, it's easy to to, to do, to implement it. It's, it's, it's hard to keep carrying it out. Because here's what the devil says, you hypocrite. You ain't no hypocrite. You're hanging on to the promise of God. You're hanging on to the word of God. What you're doing is you're fighting religion. Because you know what religion says? Religion says you're a hypocrite. But you know what? You never said you could do all this yourself. You never said you could maintain this lifestyle. I never said I could maintain a lifestyle worthy of the blessing of God. I know good and well I'm not worthy. You know what? When, 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 when the uh, heretic hunters come after your pastor and they start pulling stuff out of my past and talking about how bad, you're going to be glad that you already heard it all. <laughs> you're going to be like, we knew all that. Yeah, you know what? I believe he's still, you look at it, we found him at Krispy Kreme sitting over a dozen donuts and a half gallon of milk. Look at him just to, I have glaze on my fingers. <laughs> Y'all be like, we ain't surprised we seen him at the potluck. <laughs> you ain't been to a potluck, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's picturing me with glaze on my clay glaze in my beard. <laughs> oh, goodness. Get it. But you know, there are gonna be people that come after you, try to make like, oh amen. Look at the car they're driving. That's what they that's what they do to preachers. They talk about prosperity and he's got a he's got an airplane. And look at how he travels. And what's he's so good he can't travel with the rest of us. They they and listen to them. They talking like they travel with everybody. <laughs> go look at their house. The, the very people that are reporting on these, but go look at their house. Just go look at our local news celebrities where they live. They ain't living in the they ain't living in the village. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. What's that, what's that place it said? Valley Brook. They ain't living over in Valley Brook. Dirty rats. Oh my God, look at the way they're living. Well, how do you live? Where do you well when you go to a hotel, where do you stay? The flea bag motel? No, but that's where every preacher ought to be, right? Because that's where. And then they go to the people that actually so they go and interview people. Well, let's go a bunch of charlatans, but you those people never sewed a dime into that ministry. They ought to go to people that have sewn into those ministries. People, you know what? When they come to Winter's Church, they're like, hey, and your pastor, he's spending all your money on an airplane. You know, you guys could you, you know, you I hope y'all will say, we're hoping for a bigger one. Do you know, you, listen, you know, I got a word. I'm going to finish with this. Someone, uh, someone called me on the phone last time I was in Ohio, Tim Gallardo. Timo. We call him Timo. Brother Timo. 
This dude. <laughs> anyway, he's funny. I have him come to I have him come to meetings and play songs for me sometimes. But anyway, Tim Geyer called me. He said, uh, "The Lord showed me something about you, Zig. You know I'm your friend, and you may you may not want to hear this." I'm like, "Boy, Tim, you better not be coming with something stupid. <laughs> you may not want to hear this." He said, "But I saw you getting on a platform." He said, "But it was a different platform." The Lord told me to tell you He's calling you to a different platform to talk to a different group of people. He said, when you got on this platform, he said, it was a big platform. He said, when, he said, when the picture came back, he said, instead of you ministering to hundreds, you were ministering to thousands. And he said, he said, uh, he said you, were, you were talking different. The words that you were given were different. It was very different. He said, but the Lord says you're going to have to come different. We all know, I've been talking about this. There's something shifting. So I knew what he was saying. He was nervous to say it, though, because he, he, he probably think I'm like all these religious punks he hangs out with. Well, bless God, what are you saying? I'm not doing something right. Well, yeah, I'm not doing stuff right. Neither are you. But, we're, but, we're, but, but you know, I, I know this. I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I know that seasons are changing. I know your season's changing. I know you feel it. You can sense it in your spirit. Something's changing. Well, guess what? That means we're not going to be where we was saying what we said, influencing the same people that we influenced. Then he said, now listen, and I ain't even prayed about this, but about two years ago, the Lord planted a seed of faith in me for a jet. Now, listen, before you you hear this and you you hear it in the natural, most of you are going to hear this the way I intended. I didn't ask for no jet. I didn't ask for what I got now. I didn't ask for what I got now. He gave it. He, he told me he wanted to give it to me, and I accepted it. So I'm thinking, Jet, I'm like, all of a sudden, I got faith came for a Jet. I'm like, all right, well, now I got faith in there for a Jet. You can't do nothing without faith. So I thought, all right, you know, Jet. But I'm not, I'm not getting all crazy. I'm not like going to the airport, walking around, Jet, being like, bless God, this is my Jet. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then he says this, he says, he said this, he said, the second thing I I say, the Lord said this, he said, he's about to give you a jet. He said, you're not going to buy it, he's going to give it to you. He says, that plane you have right now, that's going to be your family plane. That's when you just, you're going to fly around with your family. He said, you know, just like a little Cadillac or something. That's what he said. He said, but this jet's going to have zero flight hours on it, and someone's going to give it to you. Well, now I'm, I'm listening to this, and here's the thing with me, folks. I'm like, well, praise God. Here, here's the deal. I don't care nothing about that. Because when he, when he brings stuff, when he brings stuff to us, we receive it. And we use it for the kingdom. It's not like party jet. Ain't going to be no strippers getting off my jet. You understand what I'm saying? But that, that, that's not. No, we, we're rolling out of there with. Listen, the devil don't want to hear my jet rolling down the runway. You hear me? You hear what I'm saying? When my jet, when my jet powers back, it's ah, ah. devils be like, ah. <laughs> he said, and he kept saying it. He said, I don't know. He said, I, I see a jet. 
And he said, I feel it in my spirit. He said, Zeke, you know me. I don't hardly talk to you, but he said, I heard that in my spirit. I was like, well, Tim, thank you. I appreciate that. Praise God. And I hung up, and I looked over at Sheree, and Sheree was glowing. I said, Sheree, I said, what'd you think about that? She said, Pastor, she said, first part, we know. We heard, you, you've been saying it already. I said, yes. I said, what do you think about that jet? She goes, listen, I didn't think this. I haven't thought nothing about this. She said, you know, she said, I've been wondering about why the Lord had you start that business of cleaning airplanes, and all of a sudden you landed them three jets. She said, but all of a sudden, out of my spirit, I'm telling this for the first time. I ain't said nothing because I wasn't sure I ought to say anything. But she said, out of my spirit, she said, she said, you know, I wondered. And she said, as he was talking, she said, I think that's exactly why. The Lord didn't have you. You don't need the money, Pastor, and you certainly don't need the work. You busy. She said, I think the Lord opened up that door just hearing what she, just hearing what he said. I think the Lord opened up that door because God was trying to get you around people that could make it happen. Because when you get around people that own jet airplanes and that are, when you get in that environment, you're in a whole different group and environment of people, people that think on a different level, people that believe different what are y'all hearing me? She said, Pastor, I think the Lord opened up that door because he's trying to get you around people that can make it happen. She said, I think that's exactly why Lord had you start that business. I, was, I, I looked at her. I was like, you know what? I mean, I tried to act all spiritual about it. But, oh, yes. Amen. Shut it up. Yes, I felt that. Glory to God. No, I looked at her. I said, man, I never even dreamed, never even thought about that. Never even thought. I said, but you know what? You might be right. So we lifted up our hands. We said, Lord, thank you for the jet. Lord, thank you for the platform change. Thank you, Lord, that we're getting ready to go and do things. And listen, you're part of that. Amen. Why do you think God bring us a jet, hold 10, 12, 14 people? Because there's about 10, 12, 14 of you that are going with us. Amen. 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 That are, you say, I can't go. I got to work on Monday. That's why it's a jet. It gets you there Sunday, gets you back on Sunday. <laughs> Pick you up on Wednesday at 5, get you where you're going by 7. You can do your deal at 7 and be home by 11 Wednesday night. Thank God. Hallelujah. Boy, are you, is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? Lord, that costs money. Listen, he's our provider. He's our provider. Are y'all hearing me today? We're not depending on, listen, I ain't depending on man. We're depending on God. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, stand up all over the place. <laughs> Did this help anybody here today? I know I took a, a, a few more minutes more, but yeah, you'll be all right. No more waffle butt. Glory to God. These wonderful chairs. Amen. This is our third Sunday with them or second? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I am so glad. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes. Amen. So... Uh, we, we hadn't received the offering. I want you to make sure that you uh, uh, sow your offering today and that you uh, sow your tithe and you uh, trust the Lord for increase. You know, I believe that God 
I believe that God is about to, in, to turn up the level of increase that some of you have lived in exponentially. Amen. Now, I don't know, y'all, but boy, I see, I said, as, as I was saying that, I feel like the Lord is, is trying to elevate you. He's trying to promote you and take you higher. And I, I hear the Lord saying this. I hear the Lord saying, it seems like, seems like that there was a time or a period where things just were going down. And that everything that it seemed like you worked for was ripped out of your hands. Some, by, and I hear the Lord saying in some, in some ways unfairly. It was unfair. It wasn't right. But I hear, I hear God telling me to tell you this. He says, the Lord says that, his, that your future is in his hands. And that your success isn't dependent upon any person that you know in the natural. But I hear the Lord saying that your success is 100% completely dependent upon him. And I hear the Lord saying, you know, there's a scripture in the book of Joshua that says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night to observe, to do according to all that is written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. I hear the Lord saying that your success and failure is in the promises of God, in the promises of his word. The, the Lord says this. The Lord says you felt like you failed him, but God says this. He says, I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. The Lord says for me to tell you that if you will rely on, trust in, and depend upon him, God says he will elevate you and he'll promote you and he'll bring you to the place of success that he is intended for you. God says, God says it's never been his desire and his intention for you to fail, but it's always been his desire for you to succeed. The Lord says there are people in your natural family that don't even hope for you to succeed. It's their hope that you'll fail so that you don't outshine them. But I hear God saying that your success and failure isn't dependent upon their ideas. Lord says it's only dependent on him. God says if you'll look to him and if you'll believe things that were said here today, God says he'll elevate you. The Lord says immediately he'll take you to a place where the weapons that the enemy has formed against you won't prosper that you'll be out of the range of the weapons of the enemy. The Lord says you'll soar high above it. You'll begin to live, the Lord says, in the place of freedom and in the place of joy that he's provided for you. Amen. So I lose that to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, tell me your name. Crystal. So I lose that to you, Crystal, in Jesus' name. We believe God for it. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. 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 Glory. Now, over the next, maybe over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about leaving that place of sin consciousness. How do we do that? How do we, how do we get out of that sin consciousness and get over into being, you know, uh, inheriting our righteousness. It's work. Listen, when I first got a, a word on righteousness, I remember, I'll never forget, it was Fred Price. 
he looked at the he looked at the television screen one time and he pointed his finger and he said some of you out there you so sin conscious you can't live in victory he was talking to me now I was living for God I wasn't happy because I felt like I was failing him every moment and I felt like God didn't like me he read that scripture that we read today about the righteousness of God in Christ and he said you're righteous I look, I look, I look straight at Rachel I look, I look straight at that television I knew, I knew he couldn't hear me I looked straight at that TV I said you don't know me <laughs> I mean I was upset I was like you don't know me Fred Price I am not righteous and he said you're righteous and, and, then, and he said it and then he began to say it. now I heard it and I, I saw what the word said and I got it in my head but I knew getting it in my head wasn't enough it had to get in my spirit for it to work had to get in my spirit and so I, I, I started making confessions about my righteousness and I began to confess every day about my righteousness until I got a revelation of my righteousness I'm going to tell you something everything in my life changed when I got a revelation of righteousness everything because I looked at everything different. I knew then I wasn't in competition with people. I ain't in competition with nobody. We ain't in competition. Listen, we dominate. We're Christians. We're believers. We have dominion. We don't compete. We dominate. Glory to God. I'm, I'm going to win. That's why we call this. When, when I heard the name Winner's Church, I was like, that is the church. That is the church. We I took this name from another church in Florida. I went and preached there. I, they said, we want you to preach at Winner's Church. I'm like, that's my church right there. And I told myself, if I ever have a church, that's what I'm going to call it, Winner's Church, because that's us. That's God's people. That's why we're here. Amen. This year, you're going to win. This is your winning year. This is your winning year. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you. So uh, God's elevating us. Some of you are going to be elevated. Some of you coming out of poverty. Some of you coming out of sickness. Some of you coming out of debt. Some of you coming out of distress. Some of you coming out of discontentment. No matter what it is, God's bringing you out. And you're going to live in the benefits and in the blessing of your righteousness. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that here the next several uh, weeks. And I promise you, when we come out of this, you're going to have a greater revelation. It's going to help you. And uh, uh, it's going to help you in every area of your life. So let's, 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 let's finish with this. If, you're, uh, if you have a tithe, if you have an offering, can you put up the uh, slide? Uh, text to give, 77977. Uh, text Winners Church to 77977 if you want to do text to give. If you want to give cash uh, or check, you can... Uh, uh, get an envelope out of the back of your seat write it down, you can bring your offering anytime, it's okay Melody, you can bring your offering uh, Don, you can bring your offering you can bring your offering anytime, if you have a visitor's card you can bring it, drop it in the offering plate um, I want you to trust though that as you give, it's going to be given back to you that God's going to bless you and he's going to increase you don't neglect the tithe and the offering, listen our, the Lord blesses our church uh, he, he blesses us big time and so we don't do this so that we can, you know, for the purpose of personal gain. 
That's not why we do. We don't do this because we got to meet a budget. Our budget's met. We do this because the Word of God tells us to do it. And we're living in the blessing that comes with doing the Word of God. And so um, let's pray over our offering, over our tithe, and let's believe God for His blessing on you. Father, we thank you. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless your people supernaturally, financially, and in every other way in their life. Lord, may the blessing of the Lord make them rich, and may no sorrow be added uh, with it according to your word. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that we're leaving out of here today thinking on a higher level. And because we're thinking on a higher level, we're going to live on a higher level. Thank you, Lord, that the devil's defeated, that Jesus is Lord and sits at your right hand as our advocate, forever making intercession for us. Lord, as we go from this place, may we go out with joy and be led forth with peace in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the privilege. And everybody that believed it said amen. Amen. Oh, don't forget your supersede. I forgot about supersede. What's this supersede week? Week number 20. So 20 bucks over and above your tithe offering. We'll talk about supersede. The blessing of the Lord's coming on y'all this week. I hear God, I hear God saying that his favor is being extended toward you today. And I hear God saying that you may not hear the report this week, but God says things are shifting in y'all's favor this week. I hear the Lord saying that things are turning around and there's going to be a momentum of his blessing that begins to move toward you and work toward you and work for you. I hear God saying this. At first, that momentum that comes, it'll come up from behind you and start pushing you. Then the Lord says, it'll get out in front of you and start pulling you. The Lord says, when it starts pulling you, it'll be, it'll be more difficult than when it was pushing you. But God says this, either way, whether you're being pushed or whether you're being pulled, God says he's, he's, uh, he's accelerating your pace. He's increasing your growth. The Lord says, and his favor is being extended toward you in a more radical way than ever before. And it's happening this week in Jesus' name. So the shift will happen. You may not hear the report this week. You may not see the results this week, but it won't be far. It won't be far down the road before you'll go, oh, there it is. And and, and then when you hear the report, they'll say, yeah, back uh, on uh, uh, the 15th of, of, of May, we made a decision. And you'll be like, glory to God. How That was it. That was when it happened. Amen. So, I lose that to y'all in the name of Jesus. Ele secreta, ele frugea. Oh, glory to God. Well, let's give the Lord a great big shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, listen, make sure that you invite someone to come. You know and I know that there are people that God wants to add uh, to this church uh, just uh, for lots of different reasons. Some people he wants to add to this church because they need the growth in their life. Some people he wants to add because we need to help. And, uh, and some people he wants to add because he wants to give them a shot. They won't stay, but he just wants to give them a chance. And so uh, we'll take all of them. We'll, we'll take everybody we need. You know, uh, I came to a place the other day. I was reading about Moses when Moses was asking God, Lord, who are you going to send with us? You know, I've gotten up here a lot of times and I've said, we don't need no more money. What we need is people to get the job. You know what the Lord told me? He said, all you need is me. You know, you know what he told me? He said, you need to quit saying that because you don't need nobody. All you need is me. That's all you need. He said, if you'll just keep your eyes 
Focus squarely upon me. He said, everything that I've called you to do will happen. And I was like, all right, Lord, thank you. Thank you. In other words, he, he, he told me, I'm going with you. That's who he said. He's, he's going with us. And you know what? If it's only us, we're going to win the whole city for God. If it's only us. In fact, we'll, 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 we'll sink wells of revival all over this state and just take the whole state in Jesus. If no one else will, we will. Amen. Thank God. Him, him working with us. Praise the Lord. I love you. I appreciate you. Go in his presence today. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I will see you back here on Wednesday night. I will be continuing on the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be talking about the anointing this Wednesday. Join me on Wednesday. It is sure to be a blast. I love you all. I'll see you guys Wednesday. Amen.